Hi there, and welcome to Picking Up Rocks, a podcast that strikes a balance between playful curiosity and serious inquiry. Hello and welcome to the pod. Today we're joined by special guest Andreas Zortzis. Andreas Zortzis is literally the definition of you using story to redefine where you are. He's coming off the back of 10 years in corporate life, Red Bill and Apple, and he's redefining his life as an indie consultant, building a brand that helps other organizations redefine their place in the market. But the, what's most impactful about this story is just the way Andreas has gone about it and the way that he's he's using story to redefine how he is and what he is and how he acts in the world and, and, and views it as a gift to the kids by showing not not telling. Um, so without further ado, Andras introduces us to where we find him today or where we find him in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for having me, Patrick, and, and nice to meet you all those week ago. Uh, it's been a whole seven days that we've been intimately acquainted. Um, I am originally from San Francisco, California. I've, I've had a European-California connection, though, for my entire life. My parents are European. And I was born uh, about three and a half hours from where I am now, which is Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I uh, live on the Amstel River, which is the river that they originally dammed to create Amsterdam, the Amstel Dam. That's pretty cool and pretty exciting. feels really special. And I'm here because I decided to leave my safe job at Apple, where I was uh, working as a creative director in Apple retail and Apple stores, designing in real life creative programming, helping them develop content capabilities. My background is in storytelling and, and journalism. And then I've kind of uh, evolved that into branded storytelling for Red Bull and now kind of you know content strategy and creative direction for Apple. Uh, but I it hit my limit at Apple and and uh, had a really good four and a half year run there, but just really felt like I needed to shake up my life. And this is kind of a a pattern with me, I guess. It's, uh, it's uh, something that pops up again and again. And I uh, decided to leave uh, Apple and to come to the Netherlands um, because... I think that that's a good way to live your life is to shake things up every once in a while if you can. And because I had the privilege and the ability to do that, um, I decided to do it. And luckily, I have a wife who's as adventurous as I am. And we have three young boys. And we really wanted this for them more than even for us because we've both lived abroad uh, a lot to the point where what is abroad you know how can you even identify that anymore or define that anymore so but we knew that you know um the old journalist adage is show don't tell and so i just was kind of fast forwarding me in my 60s telling my 20 year old kids like hey you know you really should go out and do a semester <laughs> abroad or you should take a gap year then I, I said i could either tell them then or i could show them and so uh we pulled them out of school in the middle of the year and, and moved to the Netherlands. And here we are. Strong intros. It's nice to hear where you truly are and, and how you've got there. And uh, all those seven days ago, you said something that, that stood out and that was, you know, we don't live at scale. Um, why are we always sort of pursuing scale? And we work with a lot of clients and, and, and people where we do sort of pursue that, 
you know, how to scale impact if you're doing something great. How do you keep doing that? And I think it's a natural thing to do. But it was, yeah, really counter narrative to hear you say that, especially coming from a, a place that, you know, is in the eyes of, of of a lot of a lot of people is sort of successfully scaled to to ridiculous heights and maybe too far. Um but it was funny to hear you say that and 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 sit on that and I was hoping you could dig a little bit more what that what that feels like and what that actually means to you. I think there's there's two ways to look at that. That scale question number one, there's scale for impact uh, that is positive. So the work you're do- doing, if there's a way that you could scale how to teach kids to be creative and take control of their own stories. And if you could do that to kids all over Melbourne, all over your region where you're in now, that's, that's positive. I think that's, that's a wonderful thing. In other words, scaling the good things. I think when you've spent uh, a lot of your career in marketing, the way I have, it's um, scale can often mean, you know, how do we convert? How do we convert more people? How do we get them further down the funnel? And how do we ultimately turn them into customers and make make more money out of it? And um, never was that more pronounced than working at Apple Retail, where you know I had never had a retail background. I came into that that part of the company totally um, inexperienced in in it. And at the beginning, it was very much about you know just kind of you know, storytelling around the brand. We had this incredible program that the previous uh, uh, head of retail, Angela Ahrens, uh, formerly of Burberry, she had introduced called Today at Apple, which still exists, which is a uh, creative teaching program in every Apple store around the world. We took some of our employees um, who, who were really passionate about music really passionate about drawing photography etc uh we turn them into creative pros is what we call them we give them whole new titles and they led sessions every day three or four sessions a day and anyone who was in the apple store could take part you could sign up in advance or you could just join spontaneously we redesigned the stores so that there was an open forum area which we called which some of the stores had really big screens as well which we could use for presentation and for showing people's work at the end and the sessions that we developed were super fascinating. I mean, it was, you know, how to take better photos of architecture, how to use light and shadows. We would take people on photo walks around the store, be that, you know, a beautiful, you know, Apple Orchard Road in, in Singapore, which has, you know, just incredible architecture around it, or a mall store in San Francisco, you know, where you're where you're learning how to take more abstract photography of the urban landscape, et cetera. So it was a real interesting creative challenge. Um, over time, though, it's it just becomes a bit exhausting to always think about um, work in scale um, because we don't live our lives in scale. We live our lives hyper-local. And um, important to me than in the last year or so or two years coming out of COVID, where you realize just how much in real life means and where you realize just how much physical connection uh in 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 the same area means um 
and how you just okay. connect with people differently, you know, with doing, you know, reading cues differently, reading physical cues, the way people smile at a comment or don't, or that sort of a thing. That, that, all that, that subtle language that humans and the human race has developed over centuries, you know, has really been kind of rubbed out and, and wiped off, uh, you know, in the last two, two, three years. Um, well, probably even earlier than that, right? With the advent <laughs> of, of, uh, the digital economy and, and uh, online, but, um, you know, really emphasize with this new generation, with this younger generation. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, for me personally, I, I was sick of thinking of things at scale. I wanted to think of things that could directly impact a community. I was, uh, I wanted to do projects and do storytelling and I wanted to uplift storytellers um, at a low level and and i think that if you do that well at a local level that is something that you can uh, you can um, scale right you can repeat that you can step and repeat to a certain extent but i think you know when you're in a massive brand like that which has so much responsibility to its shareholders and to its board um it, it's you know you, you can't afford too many or you don't you don't really get to do a lot of fun experimentation, just throwing things out in the world and seeing because it's a premium brand that, that looks and feels a certain way for a reason and has a lot of success as a result of that. So that, that kind of explains the, the evolution of my thinking being there. And also kind of the, the realization that I actually did want to get back to a place where I was, working locally or working regionally or even nationally, but with companies and brands that, that have a little bit of a, uh, a, a different calling and have also a little bit more of a different flexibility in, in their ability to experiment and to, to, you know, act a little bit like a laboratory. And of course, there's no more community-based place, I think, than Amsterdam, which is essentially a, a city made up of neighborhoods in the truest sense and, and every neighborhood has its own identity and feeling, but what's shared in every neighborhood is a, you know, kind of a, a an emphasis on living together well, on looking out for each other, on keeping everyone kind of in line with the basic rules and regulations of the place. You know, it's a misnomer to, to of Amsterdam is this like liberal, tolerant, wild place where there's a red light district and, you know, coffee shops where you can smoke joints and all those things like that all exists, but it's actually quite conservative. The people, you know, they, they expect you to live a certain way here. They expect your garbage to be put in certain places. You know, there's. You just have to get on the bike path. You just have to get on the bike lanes in Amsterdam to realize to, there's a certain way to operate. You just have to, hey man, and you know, don't even step foot on them and, and look and like you don't, you, you'll, you can take that photo later, right? Like no. always check left, right, then do it, take the shot, go back up. Don't even sidewalk. don't even look at the buildings. You got to get A to B on those bike paths. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the autobahn of Europe on the bikes for sure. That's it. That's yeah, a, but no, that's interesting that you, that you say that. And uh, the the different kettle of fish we say here from, I suppose, scaling impact to like directly scaling pure commerce. And it's a, I'm glad you say that. I suppose it's a different, a different operation. And and that's nice to hear your reflection on that and how you want to go hyper local and start to sort of dig into story that way. And that sort of brings us into really like, you know, what are next steps but before we get there like what got you into it? you've got a journalistic background like 
what what got you into sort of the craft of story and using it as a tool to to fashion lots of different experiences that took you to sort of Apple, but what really got you into that space and what really, you know, lit a flame for you and and then if you can and think of something on the spot that really stands out as story being a super utility to drive something forward. Yeah, thanks. Um, that's a good question to ask. I, you know, I wanted to, I was a huge sports fan when I was younger, still am, but um, I wanted to be a sports journalist. I thought that would be the way to get closer to teams and players and tell those stories. Realize later, of course, sport is also like a perfect dramatic story. Every game is like a, you know, is a hero's journey, right? And, um, uh, but you know that as I got older, I wanted to I wanted to do more work in in foreign countries. I had dreams of becoming a foreign correspondent. Um, for me, it was really the uh, license to ask questions of anybody that was really interesting. I I feel that I I'm curious about a lot of things. It's been a, a through line in my life. I, I don't kind of zero in on one thing and get obsessed about it. I I, I spread that obsession out over many things and things pop up here and there, new topics, ideas. So the ability to indulge that curiosity and and not just indulge it, but get the opportunity to talk to practitioners in that area. You know, later in my career, it was really focused on creative people. You know, I interviewed a lot of artists. I interviewed Pharrell. I interviewed actors and, you know, folks like that. And it was really about the creative process that, that got uh that got me most jazzed and most excited so i think that that's that's one aspect of why i got into journalism the other thing i realize um as i get further along in my career is i am obsessed with context and understanding the why of things and i think you and i talked about this the last time as well um just understanding you know the street we're on in amsterdam and 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 pulling back to 400 years ago and what was it like then and why is it called this and who was that person that it was called and etc um i i just can't stop thinking about that you know one of my my obsessions with um uh today at apple is we wanted to do a um an audio guided photo walk where you could you know it was gps driven and you could just go around and and it would trigger, you know, a new story when you hit the corner and then you would be guided by a photographer who would then, um, who would then, you know, uh, tell you how to shoot a certain thing. And um, I think that's, you know, going through a city, trying to understand the different layers and, and the new wrinkles, uh, um, searching for context and, and meaning in the environment um, that you inhabit, that, that's always been a through line with me. So I think that's that's kind of been that's kind of been the guiding force. Uh, doing it for a brand is totally different, though, of course. Yeah, and when we chatted all those those seven days ago, I could really sense you know you've gone out and and striking out on your own, and that's something very brave to do. And um, and and feeling like you were openly telling me, just feeling feeling that new space of sort of trying to define that and 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 where you are with that. Um, how are you bringing story yeah. into that and and um what most excites you in that space now that you can and then i suppose what most challenges are you and then even even more so how are you using story personally to sort of drive you forward in that space and and are you yeah great question and and also very timely for me because i've been um you know when you emerge from the 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 
smothering and somewhat stifling embrace of a mega brand. Um, you are uh, born anew, right? And you're you're taking your first furtive steps again into the world. And uh, as ridiculous as that is, because you know I'm in my 40s now, so it's not like you know I'm a whippersnapper anymore. But I definitely feel uh, like I had to kind of I, I had this opportunity to redefine who I was chapter so it made more sense and and played into my strengths and played into things i really enjoyed and and liked and and you know these these are privileged moments you know and and we really you know it's it's hard to not take them for granted but i think if you know my work in journalism and being exposed to all these worlds has done anything it's been it's it's allowed me to understand that there is a wide wide scope of human life and situations and circumstances that people have to deal with and for me then to personally take all that knowledge and those learnings and understand that i have actually a unique opportunity now and then to also kind of go back to what i'm most comfortable in which is talking to people which is getting people's story which is understanding why they're doing the things they're doing, the, the junctures in their life, those crucible moments that that change things. Um, Never-ending fascination, right? And then I looked at my own life and I realized, holy shit, you know, you disrupted your own life a lot, right? A lot. I was born in Germany to a Greek father and a Swiss mother. I moved to San Francisco when I was six. I, I went to New York for graduate school when I was 20. I moved to South Beach in Florida when I was 22, got my first job in, in newspapers and journalism down there. I left that in 24 with no job, nothing, just a fellowship to go to Germany, uh, to Frankfurt, uh, where I worked for two months uh, at the at the big newspaper there. And then had this kind of, I knew I wanted to be in Berlin. I just knew I wanted to tell stories from Berlin. I wanted to live there. And so I lived in Berlin for seven and a half years and built my journalism career there, really. And then thought, okay, it's time to switch it up. And I moved to London. And then after three years, it was time to switch it up again. And I moved to Los Angeles. And then from Los Angeles to San Francisco, now San Francisco again to Europe, to Amsterdam. So it, it's, you know, th there's a reason I do that, right? And I think I know why. Uh, I think it's because I I'm am growing and transforming and it's exciting to me. And I realize I want to talk to other people who do that as well. And I have a boat in Amsterdam that I've outfitted as a kind of like bot podcast studio um, with cameras as well. So if you're super bored of the conversation, you can just mute it and get some nice now vibes um, on your desktop as you're cruising through. Uh, that hasn't launched yet, but it's what I've been working on now. I realized like, oh, I want to do a podcast on a boat. That'd be hilarious. It's like this, you know, I mean, it's an incredibly lucrative market, as you can imagine. Patrick, <laughs> right? I mean, you don't want to be the last guy getting into boat-based podcasting, <laughs> right? You want to be on the vanguard of that. So, so I, uh, you know, so I thought that's, that's the deal. Like, let me, let me, but what am I talking about with these people? Right. And what's the point? Yeah. And so then I thought, oh, it's actually about narrative. It's about people who willingly shake up their lives and do they regret it? Do they think it's positive? Why do they do it? And what do they think they're going to get out of it and how have they changed as a result of it? And so, and the idea of it is, is largely positive. It's, it's, I want to understand 
why people do it because I think personally it's done a lot for me and the way I view the world. I believe I'm more empathetic as a result of it. I believe that I can make connections quicker. I'm more adaptable, et cetera. And I want the same for my kids, number one, but I also want to encourage people if I can through a podcast that I'd like to feed into a book about my family's experience. Um, I'd like to encourage people that this kind of thing is possible, that if you have this kind of opportunity, you should you should take it because it's it, it's not as scary as it thinks. And ultimately, that scariness is only going to add to you and add value to you and your story and your own personal narrative, but also just humanly, you're just going to grow. You're going to grow in a better way. So, um, you know, if my if my story is you know, I'm a guy who's obsessed with narrative and disrupting narrative and redefining narrative. My uh, consultancy, which I've started, Hella, um, that consultancy is really about um, helping brands do the same. How do we redefine the story that we're telling in the marketplace? How do we, you know, if we have a new uh, piece of business or new line of business, what's the story there that we bring? Um, how do we align our teams internally on it? If it's a big brand, if it's a smaller brand, how do we, how does this ladder up into our brand purpose and statement? So it's strategic, it's narrative, it's content strategy, all kind of mixed in, but in a way that feels true and right to me. And now it's just the cold, hard, sobering reality of biz dev and, and getting it out there and, and finding the clients, which you know all about. So welcome to the jungle um <laughs> there's there's something that i think we can take that in terms of hella like that's when we was chatting all those seven days ago it was hearing you talk about that that importance of moving and and family and i have just done that and i suppose getting some pearls of wisdom from from an oyster that is yourself that's that's been in a few different spots it's what 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 is your secret? Nice metaphor, what, man. What's, you what's pull your... that through? <laughs> what what's sand your... bank would I select as next? Or what, what pearls are coming out, Andres? Is like the question that I was really going for is like you're creating a book around that, or speaking to a lot of different people. Maybe you already had those conversations around the importance of that. But from your perspective, what what does that give? And then what is what is the ability to I suppose to to blend in or not to blend in or to like you know to find your sense of self in a new place like we've a new family have just moved in it's 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 maybe not it's definitely not as metropolitan as where you find yourself but it's um it's a challenge in itself and like i've done it a bit myself but as a family this is the first time we've uprooted we're a young family like what's your what's your take from hella to from hell one hella family to another yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and I mean, your your move uh, it sounds like has been kind of into the region, into the 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 yeah. outskirts a little bit, which which is its own, like you said, it's its own dynamic that you have to kind of adjust to and and be a, a party to and and be involved in, um, because small towns want you to be involved. You know, that's if you're here, you're here for a reason, um, and. I think that that's probably the first clue is really want to go there and want to go there for the right reasons. I was very mindful when we left the United States, when I was talking to people that 
you know, we, we have a, you know, very liberal political outlook and we're very, you know, obviously concerned and, 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 um, frustrated by, by the dynamics and the division in the United States now. Um, but it's, it wasn't fleeing that we were moving towards something. And I think just, uh, positioning it and that framing can help you incredibly when you land on the other side, because on the other side then is a, um, is a palimpsest is a opportunity. It's, it's a field that you can till and then you can, you know, you can see what's there already and you can throw in your own seeds and grow new things. And it starts though with a willingness to understand the place that you're going to. Um, I, because of all the stuff I told you, I, I, I read a lot about the places that I visit. I love reading about places when I'm staying and living in them. Uh, my friend actually has always has this book idea that he wants to do called reading in place very much about that, you know? And, um, so I read a bunch and I, I, you know, we're, I'm learning Dutch and my kids are going to Dutch school and, you know, my wife is going to learn Dutch. And, and the idea is like, you're not just here kind of trying to make your bubble a little bit bigger. You're here actively trying to break through the bubble and integrate and understand the layers and complexities of the society. And it's a lot different than being a digital nomad. Uh, my friend who's very clever called it a slow mad, which is totally <laughs> fucking cheesy and wrong, <laughs> but it's not, not right. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it basically, and it's suggesting that you're taking your time with the new place. You're not just going in and trying to suck it all up. And you're not just looking for all the amazing things like the riding the bike in the rain and the beautiful like canals that you're cruising through and the, you know, the healthy lifestyle and the, you know, all, all of the things that people associate with Amsterdam. Um, it's not just that you're also living in the Netherlands, you know, you're living in the Netherlands. That's a, that's Dutch. That's Dutch. That's its own culture that goes back 500 years. It's, you know, I lived in Germany. It's different, you know, it's, it's a different culture. There are some similarities, just there are like, there are similarities with some of the Northern Scandinavian countries as well, but like, but like, it's different. And so you have to just be ready for that and willing to, um, willing to learn about it and and willing to go with their flow because you're here you're here because you want to be here you're not here to kind of make your own world here as it was back in san francisco you're here because you want to understand what it's like to to live here and and you want to be part of the whole kind of thing you want to be part of the environment you want to be part of you want to be contributing to it right you don't just want to be um someone passing through and um, you want to be part of the community. And I think that comes back to the hyper-localism, which is actually a good question for you. I mean, were you, when you made the move, were you willing and ready for that level of uh, community? I mean, I'm assuming a lot, but were you, were you ready for, for the the people you're going to encounter? (laughs) It's a great, it's a great question. And yes and no, like we'd been making the effort, to come down here once every month for this year and and some of the year before um and that's what made the decision like so 
so permanent in our minds. Like it was still a leap of faith. And I think that's why like my ears pricked up when, when we were chatting, because I was, I found that fascinating. You saying how hey, you have to follow your gut and 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 do that leap of faith, and there's something in that. And I feel like we're in that process. It's it's different to sort of sit back and then, and then do it, like to think about it, but then to actually action it. So in answer, we would got around the community, started to know a few people, and we're like, no, this this feels right where we were sitting at the moment. We had strong connection, but it was there was something about, I suppose. You know, it's not like we've moved country like yourself here, but um, we've definitely moved region and and looking to you know be part of be part of something that we felt that was really strong here and what that is, and now it's sort of the broader context because that's like a micro element within a broader, um, which you also experience in urban, but it's a little bit different in rural, um, and and sort of getting to know that is is really fascinating for myself, and I find partner and me really talking about that and, and and different personal experience come up around that around like have you lived somewhere else like what are the different you know different expectations of how you make connections and whether you organically allow them to come where did you you sort of look for them actively it's just a fun really good conversations and then actions how you do that um i feel like yeah it's, it, school's going to be big for us uh professionally is going to be different um and we'll just see 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 what happens, but um, slowly, slowly, I think in the rural is is the key, and 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 soak it in, and and see what's right. That's been been, I suppose, the feeling that I've been getting is, uh, yeah, don't come in and tell anyone how to ride a horse. Um, there's not much horse riding going around here, but I think the metaphor right. holds true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's it's. Uh... It is. You're right. the The city city life to rural is different. Would you call yourself a city guy? Um. Yes and no. I think I'm. I classify myself as both. Like when I go to the country, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely a city boy. And then when I go to the city, I'm like, I'm definitely a country guy. Like so. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I oscillate between the two. On wherever I am, on the other. Um. And I quite like that, I suppose. Um, it gives me different eyeballs to sort of feel and see because, uh, yeah, without a, the whole mic being spun back on me, but, yeah, family lineage is very different. Like There's definitely rural and there's urban, so it's just, I suppose, yeah. feeling that into myself and, and yeah, what what that means is is a constant life exploration and, and what that means for kids as well and how well, you share those stories. I think that's exactly it. And I think that's, that's, you have permission to change your opinion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, and, and when you have kids, it's about showing them it and then ultimately knowing that they're going to make their own decisions uh, and they're going to make their own choices. And uh, all you can do is show them and, and hope for the best. And they're hopefully if everything goes well, they're going to show you a way of being in this world. That's totally different than you thought. And then, you know, you know, you've done the right job, but all I can do right now is expose them as, to as much as possible and then, and then give them like, let, let them take the lead, you know, yeah. let them take the lead from there. So, um, um yeah. Yeah. I fully, uh, agree with that and feel that strong. It's, it's being brave enough to do that. And I'm looking forward to hearing how that, that applies with your sort of, it feels like you're building that 
that approach, that angle, that story in, into how you can help brands. And I suppose brands right now, a lot of brands or a lot of organizations are sort of finding the time to re-envisage what they are digitally and locally. I think there's a lot of pushback to be what, what you are locally, like actually in person to person. So fascinated to see what you do in that space. And um, yeah, glad we've got to meet and glad we got to hear some of your story. Um, I know we won't get to hear it all, but you got a unique <laughs> approach and um Please sing out when that that boat goes live because um, I'll tune in if it's uh, just for the combo. I'll definitely be uh, tuning in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, obviously, the the invitation extends to you when you come by to hop on the boat, uh, and uh, we can turn the tables a bit here, Patrick. You yeah, know, well, I could get off I, this hot seat where you're just <laughs> grilling me mercilessly, uh, and and pay and, and pay back. You know, and it is a bitch, as we say. <laughs> So. yeah no if that's an excuse um for sure to get back on the fast highway with the bicycles so no thanks for sharing your time and your insight i really appreciate it easy easy great to meet you man thanks for uh thanks for having me on and and uh and thanks for telling me a little bit of your story too i think that's obviously that's what i find most fascinating anyway makes two of us love a good story andre you definitely have one i hope you took something from that all you listeners out there in the midst of change the way that we use story as a tool to redefine our narrative I've been your host Patrick Beggs founder of Her Production until next time